as a as a developer or as an entrepreneur, we always want to learn things so mm-hmm. to keep our mind fresh. So this is something that I have been uh, learning a lot uh, lately. So I yeah. find it uh, really fascinating. Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Jo Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter. And today, Joe's interviewing Harry Ng. Harry is co-founder of Sorted, a digital nomad travelling the world with the family and, lately, learning about photography. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Harry Ng of Sorted. Um, uh, Again, I hope I pronounced that well. We've been uh, practising. So uh, how do you pronounce it, Harry? Harry Ng. Nice. That's exactly right. Yeah, it wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. So start by telling us who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. Okay, sure. So uh, we are working on this app called Sorted. Sorted is a productivity app, uh, if uh, you don't know yet. So we are putting this app on the Apple ecosystem. Uh, that means you can find it on the App Store for iOS or Mac OS. Uh, this is a daily scheduling tool. And uh, the aim for the app is to uh, put together your calendar events, tasks, and looks into a unified timeline. Uh, we do this because uh, when you need to adjust your plan quickly, uh, we want to make it uh, easily uh, and uh, in a more, I mean, easy and um, more doable way. Yeah. So maybe we can re-record this part as well. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we call this approach uh, behind uh, hyper-scheduling. So basically, we have a lot of things to work on every day, and things change over time. Uh, There can be certain meetings or some urgent calls, and then we need to adjust our plan. So we make this app so that uh, you can change your plan um, in a flexible and effortless way. Okay, okay, lovely. So we'll talk about that more in a moment. Uh, Where are you based? So currently, I'm in Taiwan, uh, but our company is originally from Hong Kong. And for our team, uh, they are all working remotely. So we are a team of uh, live people uh, all around from the world. Yes, and so I guess people work from home and have done all along, regardless of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, but we have been uh, doing remotely long before that. So yeah. we get used to this uh, kind of a working mode and yeah. uh COVID doesn't hit as much uh, in that sense. No, no. So tell me where this came from. Um, I often talk to my guests about uh, sort of the fact, do they you know, always want to do the thing that they're doing? And, and this to me sounds like quite a, a novel, quite a, a unique, uh, fairly new app. Um, where has it come from? Have you always been an 
IT type developer person or have you done other things in the past and, and what prompted you to move into app development? Sure. So before Sota, actually, um, I have been a software developer myself. I studied uh, computer science in university. And, uh, but before doing this project, I was not quite into uh, software development. I've been doing different kinds of businesses. Uh, but then when I approach, uh, say, different clients and uh, different projects, I always need a tool to help me manage my time or manage my tasks. So before uh, we work on Sorter, we have been trying a lot of other task managers, calendars, or any kind of productivity tools uh, on the market. Um, the only issue was that uh, none of these tools uh, stick with me. So to tell you this story, uh, I have tried these many tools, but the longest uh, one that I've tried can only stick for like at most three months. Right. So basically after some period of time, I think oh, this is not working for me. <laughs> so I, I'm going to look for another one. So basically switch everything to a new app or a new yep. tool, start it over. <laughs> but then after a couple of months or sometimes even a couple of days, uh, I find mm, this is not useful to me right. uh, or uh, it's just too much to me. So I keep looking for another one. And then at some point uh, we uh, think that maybe um, there is something in it and uh, why don't we build something for ourselves? And this is also how I met my co-founder Leo where he initially had an idea about um, better managing the time uh, when it comes to handling multiple clients or multiple projects. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about this and come up with the first prototype in around uh, 2015. Um, and then here is how the story uh, started. Right, okay, so 2015. So quite a long time in the, in the history of uh, develop, apps development, I think. <laughs> uh, it is because uh, for the whole uh, mobile app uh, history, it's just around 10 to 11 years only. Yes. Uh, we are kind of latecomer already. But uh, since uh, we couldn't find something uh, on the market for ourselves, so uh, might as well do something uh, for ourselves. Yeah. So initially, it's really just um, to serve our own needs. And uh, the first version, we didn't even think too much about uh, the learning curve or uh, how people uh, uh, find the app, that kind of things, because we are just making something for our own use. Mm-hmm. Yes. So let's talk a bit more about uh, the sort of concept of, of how, how it works and, and the concept of hyper-scheduling. So there's quite a lot of um, talk in the productivity community at the moment about time blocking and about really using your calendar to schedule your tasks. And it's something that I dip in and out of. I, I I think I'm going to do it, and I I schedule a load of stuff into my diary, and then my diary looks far too busy, and I delete it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so I'm I'm somebody who might sort of try the tool and um, may or may not like it, um, but I certainly sort of chop and change in terms of my perspective. I I, I understand sort of scheduling is really key, but also it's not something that I naturally want to do so I sort of fight <laughs> fight myself over it on a regular basis 
tell us more about why it's really important to bring all of that together and, and to schedule not only your meetings but the tasks that you're doing as well yeah i totally understand your pain point because we mm -hmm. were in the same shoes before yeah um so hyper scheduling is uh what we come up as the answer or solution to this problem um but starting uh in order to start with hyper scheduling we should first uh, revise our understanding about scheduling right so yeah. basically scheduling helps you to put uh, something you need to work on on your calendar mm -hmm. and uh, with the calendar it means you need to decide when to do it and how much time you're going to do it right yeah. so it's like a commitment to yourself yeah. you are committing your time in achieving uh, the works that you need to work on mm -hmm. and then um, but calendar in itself is not enough the reason is that if you are just putting on a calendar, uh, it is really hard to make changes to your daily plan. Imagine if you have uh, several events in your calendar and suddenly you have an urgent meeting that takes like a whole day to finish. Then what you do next, you need to basically adjust your event one by one and that takes time. And over time, you hesitate to even modify the events anymore. And that means you don't trust your system anymore because it doesn't really show you the latest snapshot of uh, what your day looks like. Yeah. And uh, in the other side, uh, many people uh, use a task manager to help managing uh, their tasks uh, of the day. However, they are doing it as a list-based uh, approach. So yeah. basically you brainstorm uh, your ideas and then put them into a list. However, by putting into a list, uh, it is really easy to get uh, a longer and longer list because you are simply just uh, put down all you can think of into the list, but there is no good way to help you exercise them to do the actual task. Yeah. So we try to merge these two things together. First, you need a unified timeline to visualize uh, what your day looks like you can put them into different time slots. So it's somewhat similar to the idea of time blocking, but you can treat it as a fine-tuned or a more precise version of time blocking. Mm -hmm. Because now you can put a specific task, let's say a meeting with Joe, and then you can put this task at a certain time, let's say 11 a.m., something like that. Yeah. So it's really concise and um, it is really clear on what you need to do in this particular time slot. Yeah. And then the other thing is that, uh, as I mentioned, uh, things change so quickly. So we need a way to quickly adjust your plan. Let's say uh, this meeting takes longer than we expect. And I originally, I originally have a several task after this call. Um, I want a way to select multiple of them and change them in batch. So for instance, uh, we figure out a way to have a gesture to select multiple of them in one gesture. And mm -hmm. then you can use a time ruler to shift your whole schedule uh, to a later part of the day, or even just uh, drop them into another day in basically two steps. Yes. So that's how you make the whole process uh, into a really 
uh, effortless and flexible way. So we put these together and then call it as a hyper-scheduling approach. And so is the idea that you only schedule sort of um, chunkier tasks, if you like, because I, I have quite a lot of sort of very quick tasks, maybe five or 10 minute tasks on my um, to-do list, which I do actually mostly get done because they don't take very long. It's my 10 and, sorry, my 20 and 30 minute tasks that tend to take the time. No, sorry, don't tend to take the time. Don't actually get done because I don't get to them <laughs> because I'm doing mm. the, the quick tasks. But is the idea that you that you're sort of putting in your more important longer tasks and and the really small things get chunked into maybe a half an hour to do all the sort of admin type stuff. How, how does that work? Yeah, it's actually a wonderful question and it varies a lot uh, from user to user. So let me uh, tell a little bit about my own routine yeah. of doing this. Yeah. Um, when I uh, think about the scope of each task, I actually think of it as something I can finish, I can complete uh, in one block of time. Mm-hmm. And when I mean one block of time, at least it is not something that can be uh, broken into two parts. Let's right. say if uh, it is longer, uh, it's long as like four hours, it's likely I may have a lunch break or a dinner break in between. Then I probably would already split it into a smaller chunk. So most of the time, my task is around one to hour, one to two hours slot mm-hmm. where I can have a focused time to work on the same task without interruption. Right. Yeah, but then the same task can grow over time as well. So let's say my task may start off as um, uh, a call with my uh, colleague like a conference call with my colleague. But then I can uh, start putting some notes into the task. Let's say, oh, I want to discuss uh, these several topics around marketing. So it uh, it is about uh, our blog post, it is about um, a podcast interview, and then it's about uh, social media. So I start putting several um, notes, which is like context to this meeting. And then, uh, it may become like uh, I need several meetings to discuss all of these. Right. Then I can uh, split them into multiple tasks and be able to schedule them into different time slots so that I can, again, work on each task in one dedicated, uh, non-interruptible um, time slot. Right. Okay. Yeah. We were talking today, we had a, a get it done session in my membership and we were saying how uh, effective they are just literally because you schedule time with other people and, and you know, rock up and, and do the work. And I was saying it was a bit like the Pomodoro on steroids. Maybe that's what your app is as well. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, uh, I think we are kind of like scheduling on steroids. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, because uh, we, we think about this, uh, we actually, as I mentioned, we actually uh, tried many other like task managers before. And then um, we, when we use a task manager, uh, we are basically just writing down the tasks and we don't have a way to uh, exercise them, to do them, right? And yeah. then uh, at one point, 
we learned about, you know, uh, there is a concept called 43 folders. Yes. Yeah, which is uh, like you uh, used to be uh, how law firm works with their clients. Mm -hmm. So they have uh, the uh, 30 days, one day for each folder, and then they have uh, the next 12 months and so on. So what they do is basically uh, what they need to follow up each day. And then they will put the client profile into a certain folder, meaning I need to follow up, say, tomorrow or next week or yeah. something in the future. And then when the time pass by, things will just come back to you. And then you know, oh, today I need to follow up with this particular client. So we learn from this concept. So the idea is that uh, when you schedule a task to a certain day and a certain time slot, you can forget about it. Because when time pass by, that task will come back to you. So you know, oh, I need to work on this. Yeah. Whether it is um, to complete this task or you need to take an action to reschedule it to another day. Hmm. So this is like um, how the idea comes by. Yes, yes, yeah. And so obviously personally, you use your own software. <laughs> um, how do you... Uh, work as a team to develop it in terms of your organization because as you say you have a number of people that you work with remotely um, yeah. and you've each got your own tasks but how do you make sure the whole thing's moving forwards in the in the right direction uh, at the right time yeah so in the early days it was easy right because uh, <laughs> it was the two or so, two of us mm -hmm. um, we uh, started off uh, in the same city so we can meet a lot uh, we can uh, think about ideas while we are like having a drink <laughs> having a beer talk yeah. something like that yeah. uh, and then we just talk uh, but uh, uh, during those times uh, when we suddenly come up with an idea we can just uh, pull out uh, the mobile phone open up software and then write that down so it's that easy uh, back in the days yeah. Um. For uh, nowadays, since we are now a remote team, everyone works from a different city, and most of us work from home. Mm -hmm. Uh. Basically, we need a way to communicate asynchronously, especially mm -hmm. we are like spread around in at least five time zones at the moment. Wow. So yeah. for the most part, uh, we communicate via Slack. So we just leave a message there and expect um. Uh, the other teammates to see it uh, at their own pace mm -hmm. and reply uh, when they can chime in. Um, for some kind of uh, uh, task managing, task managing management uh, tools, uh, we are a software team, so we use some more on the top technical side. Uh, we use GitHub to uh, manage our tasks like. Um, the user's uh, feature requests or some kind of uh, bug reports and so on. Yeah. And um, other than that is um, we will have a call once in a while, like uh, on a weekly basis or bi-weekly basis. So we can just jump on a Zoom call and then uh, talk to each other. So yeah. we mostly use these uh, few tools to communicate and we believe that uh, since we are working remotely, uh, over-communicate is uh, better than a lack of communication. Yeah. So we'd rather like talk more, just send a few more messages or follow-ups, uh, 
uh, and it's better than like forgetting something and yeah. because that could happen pretty easily you have a lot of uh, uh, interruptions when you're working from home and when you're working uh, remotely mm-hmm. uh, so we need to have uh, the kind of accountability for each other yes yes and how do you personally work given that you've got t- a team in all those different time zones and you you talked about obviously asynchronous communication but there is a tendency when you're working with people in a different time zone to to end up working at all the same times as them as well as your own time zone and then that's probably 24 hours isn't it <laughs> yeah you, it's getting you... <laughs> more usual <laughs> yeah uh but i try to uh still keep my own routine uh, yeah. Since I have two young kids at home and they mm-hmm. tend to wake up really early in the morning, like yeah. 6 a.m. or so, uh, so I cannot sleep too late as well. Um, yeah. So basically, I try to keep my own routine and let the team know about my routine so that they, uh, at least I build an expectation for them, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We have different styles for each team member. Say, for example, my co-founder, Leo, he tends to be a night O. So he works the best at night. Yeah. And both of us are software developers, so we program and code. Uh, he likes to uh, have the coding sessions during midnight where no one is going to uh, interrupt him uh, to affect his uh, like flow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, since I need to um, have a good plan so that I can uh, still... Uh, play with my kids and uh, sometimes help with my wife. So I need I tend to uh, work in the daytime in the morning and then um, to spend some time uh, to have the meals together and so on. Yeah. Uh, but I occasionally need to have meetings with others. Uh, so I would uh, still schedule meeting times at uh, almost midnight so that uh it is easier to talk to them. Um, mm-hmm. In that case, I would take a lap uh, in the afternoon uh, in order to recover, to have more energy when I am having the meeting late night. Yes, yeah, that sounds very sensible. I'm like your uh, colleague, Leo, I'm a, um, a, night, a night owl, so that wouldn't bother me in the evening, but I might struggle getting up early too often. <laughs> as as yeah. has happened this week, we have, uh, we have guests, it's Uncle... Uncle David's 80th birthday today, so we went to, mm. out for breakfast, so I had to get up very early. <laughs> <laughs> Not normally my choice. <laughs> yeah, so for example, like uh, our call right now, uh, it's actually my late night, uh, almost midnight in my area already. Right. So what I did is that um, I uh, every night I would uh, uh, help my kids to sleep, so basically I sleep with them. And uh, tonight, I chose to uh, sleep already two hours uh, before the call. So I'm quite energetic right now. So I have full of energy having this call. Yes. Yeah, that sounds like a a very sensible plan. I'm not very good at napping. So I just have to cope and try and catch up later. (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard. Like catching up is not as easy as uh, some preparations. No, exactly. Exactly. So um, what about, um, let's think about some practical tips around productivity. Um, other than your own app, <laughs> what other tools and apps would you recommend? Yeah, so I actually have a suite of tools to help me uh, to become productive and uh, 
uh, to gain clarity uh, throughout the days. Yeah. Um, I always use uh, a note-taking app uh, as a companion, uh, and I mostly use uh, Good Notes because I like writing uh, more than typing. Right. So by using Good Notes, I can use the Apple Pencil to uh, write in a bullet journal style mm-hmm. uh, to keep uh, my thoughts uh, throughout the day, and I just write them down into point forms. Um, but uh, that is more for the journaling part, for the um, note-taking part, right? So I still need to convert them into some uh, to-do uh, so that I can work on them at different times. Yeah. So what I do is uh, every week I will have a review session and most likely it would be my mo- Monday morning. Mm-hmm. So before starting every anything, I would uh, go through my notes for the uh, last couple of weeks and see if I have already done that. Or if not, I would uh, convert them into some sort of task so that I can schedule to the different days in order to uh, work on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And lately, I have been trying uh, wrong research as well. Did you hear about that? No. What was that again? Sorry. Yeah. So wrong research. Okay. No. Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a more um, modern tool about uh, uh, smart note taking. Okay. And uh, in most of the other apps, um, they are more like a folder structure, right? Yeah. No matter it's a uh, uh, Evernote or uh, some modern uh, apps like Bear or Craft, they all started off with a folder structure. So mm-hmm. you need to think about uh, how to set up those folders and uh, where to put your notes. And if you don't have a good structure, it is quite easy that uh, you forget where they are locating and then uh, it's, uh, you may be having a hard time in finding them out after yeah. a while. Yeah. Right? So Rome Research is based on a German concept called uh, Ketokasan, where uh, they don't have any folder structure at all. Mm-hmm. And in order to work with uh, this tool, you have many nodes. And emergent is like many sticky nodes uh, all on your table. But then uh, you have some link between these nodes right. for those related ideas. So over time, if you uh, uh, think of something like podcast, for instance, uh, you can find the note called podcast, and then you will find all the links linking to this podcast notes. So maybe it would be all your guests or all your topics that uh, you covered, or maybe some colleagues in uh, making the podcast possible, right? Yeah. So you can find all the related notes and gather the ideas around to form new ideas. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So, so uh, I've been trying out uh, this methodology and the tool lately. And there is a book uh, behind uh, this idea uh, called uh, How to Take Smart Notes. Okay. That's so cool. it is uh, quite interesting. And mm-hmm. I think it's uh, we, as a, as a developer or as an entrepreneur, we always want to learn things so mm-hmm. to keep our mind fresh. So this is something that I have been uh, learning a lot uh, lately. So I yeah. find it uh, really fascinating. Yes, that sounds really interesting. One of my members was um, talking a few weeks ago about how she 
struggles to sort of take notes when she's studying and and we've been sort of talking about uh some tips for that and um uh we were talking again this week on our membership call about uh decluttering your mind and we were talking therefore about tools to sort of get that information out of your head mm. so that you're not worrying about it all the time but it, as you say it's always the the challenge of how do you find the stuff again when you want it and how do you find the the bits that sort of connect together so that does sound really interesting right and the interesting thing after trying many productivity tools and uh, in different areas uh, I find it um, still lacking a way to link uh, different methodologies together So, for instance, uh, in this uh, call so far, we have mentioned about calendar, uh, about task managers, about note tickings, right? Mm -hmm. But these are actually different areas in terms of our productivity. Yes. And they are complementing with each other. You, You cannot live productively without any one of these. But the issue right now is how you link them up together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why I have been uh, trying to develop a mechanism so that if I need to take notes, I can go to a note taking app and use different kind of uh, organization to link the notes together. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I want to come up with uh, some tasks to do so they can be uh, uh, brought over to a task manager. But then task manager has its own structure in organizing them together, in grouping them together. However, we still need another session to actually schedule when to do those tasks, like to find the commitment to each task. So it's still a lack uh, in the market on how to link these together. So that's why I think uh, like going forward, there should be some kind of uh, automation tools where you can uh, easily bring those data from one tool or one area to the other Mm, mm. and still be able to synchronize back because it's not just about uh, like importing the data from one app to another app. It it is actually after you finish the task or you make changes to those tasks over time, uh, the data can be synchronized back to their original place. So whenever you go to each tool to find the similar or related information, you always get the latest uh, status of um, that particular task or project. Yes, yes. It almost feels like the sort of holy grail of, of technology and apps for sort of productivity and, and sort of knowledge and information is replicating the brain, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. But still, they are just replicating uh, one part of our brain. Yes, yes. Right? We we are still quite far away from having a true second brain. Yes, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So you've talked about um, liking to sort of learn and develop and and about learning about the note-taking and and so on. Are there other ways that you uh, make sure that you stay sort of on top of what's happening in in the business world? Yeah, I think uh, uh, in this sense, uh, it's not just about the tools to be used. It's more about uh, having a regular routine uh, in 
uh, understanding uh, what the world is happening and how to um, uh, put us on the uh, on the map uh, of this business world. Yeah. Uh, so I constantly would check um, like some latest news, especially in our area. Uh, for instance, because we are developing apps for the Apple ecosystem. So we would always check uh, what the latest technologies are available. Yeah. And for example, every year Apple has its uh, biggest conference uh, called uh, the Worldwide Developer Conference. Yeah. So we will always attend that to see uh, what the latest technologies are about. And they offer a lot of uh, videos and uh, labs from Apple engineers. We yeah. try to attend them uh, so that we can talk to those professionals in learning uh, 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 what the latest uh, methods or what the latest uh, uh, techniques that we can use in uh, enhancing our app and the product. Yes, yes, yeah. So keeping up with uh, the the latest thinking and, and I guess Apple is very latest thinking, <laughs> given yeah. how, how much change that they make all the time. It's funny, we were laughing with one of my members the other day that uh, she used to work um, in retail and worked, worked in Apple stores. And uh, in her new business, um, she she talks about customer experience. <laughs> so I was laughing, mm. saying, saying, you could only have been an Apple uh, protege. <laughs> I said, most, yeah. most small business owners would, would talk about customer service or or you know other sort of terminology, but I said as soon as she said customer experience, I said you can tell where. No, that's <laughs> that's totally correct because that's like you know uh, the modern way of thinking. Mm. Yeah, it's not like if it is just about customer support, it's simply like uh, you ask a question, I give you an answer, and that's yeah. it, right? Yeah. Uh, but customer experience is about uh, the linkage between people. Yes, it's like um, uh, when the customer comes to you uh you are not only sending out the answer but you are building a relationship with them and it could be like uh becoming even a friend uh mm-hmm. but remote friends right yes. uh, uh you can uh, provide support to each other because uh it's more a uh, way of thinking uh especially in the software world nowadays um yeah. things change really fast and we always uh, rely on our customer feedback in uh, improving our product. So we always take a customer uh, experience uh, really um, serious, uh, uh, very seriously. Yeah. Say for example, uh, while we have a remote team, actually half of our team is uh, on the uh, community building or customer experience side. Um, we want to offer uh, the best possible service mm-hmm. where it is uh, like providing suggestions, uh, providing our um, daily routines so that they can they not only use the app, but also learn uh, how we can become more productive uh, in this information world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. So just moving on to our... Last couple of questions. Um, firstly, on those days where it all goes horribly wrong, how do you deal with those? Yeah. So <laughs> I guess uh, uh, for those days, uh, it's really a lot easy. And um, <laughs> I generally just uh, 
walk away first. Yeah. Because when it is a bad day, quite likely that I am already in a bad mood. <laughs> so I I would generally just walk away. So it's either going out to have a walk or simply go to the bed to give a, to take a lap. Yeah. Because I find myself uh if I uh can recover to have enough energy, I can already think of uh, some solutions uh to those problems. Mm-hmm. So basically to switch the context a little bit. Uh, to look at different things and think about the good things uh, in the other times. And most of the time, things are actually not that bad. Uh, it's just uh, that particular moment, you have a certain perspective and think is bad. Yes. Yeah, so that's how I deal with those. Yeah. Uh, but of course, after switching the context, um, I still need to uh, take actions in order to uh, fix the issues and so on. Um, I uh, over the years, I learned to uh, ask for help. Mm-hmm. So basically, if there are something that, uh, say, my teammates can help with, I will ask their help to um, uh, support on it or to basically I can delegate the work to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, or in other cases, I may find uh, an advisor or a mentor so that uh, with their professional or experiences, um, I already can get some new insights to the same problem. Mm-hmm. And that helps me to uh, solve the issue or find a workaround uh, more quickly. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, thank you. And what about uh, those days where you get to live more? And that's where I say that you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do those days look like for you? Mm, yeah, I think... Uh, uh, it's a good question for a family man, right? Like basically, uh, with especially with the two kids here, um, uh, most the most common thing I would do is uh, to drive and go to the countryside and then have some fun over there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a particular activity, but for me, is I, I like going to the mountains or to the seas, so. Yeah just uh, go out to some faraway area so that I can enjoy the nature. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that already like helps me to um, recharge for yeah. a lot. Yes, yeah. Lovely. Thank you so much, Harry, for your time today. It's been really interesting talking to you. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in contact. Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you again for uh, having me on the uh, podcast. Um, so in order to reach out to us, uh, you can find us at uh, sortedapp.com, S-O-R-T-E-D-A-P-P.com. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter uh, with uh, sortedhq, S-O-R-T-E-D-H-Q. And if uh, anyone wants to reach out to me directly, uh, you can find me on Twitter with uh, Harry World, H-A-R-R-Y-W-O-R-L-D. Brilliant. Lovely. Thank you, Harry. Thanks so much. All this information is available in the show notes. If you go to the app where you're listening to this podcast, you'll find them there, or you can go to powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 230. And this week I'm taking a few days off, so it's uh, short and sweet from me. And I'll be back again with some more content on next week's show. Again, the show notes are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 230. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. 
Use your power to live more.